Hey everybody, it's Father Edward Looney here, the host of How They Love Mary. When I was a teenager, I read True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort. And when I say read, I mean, I read the words on the page, but I didn't understand every word he was trying to say. As a priest and a Marian theologian, many people have asked me to clarify the teachings of St. Louis de Montfort from True Devotion to Mary. I'm happy to share that I've released a new book with Ave Maria Press, called Behold the Handmaid of the Lord, a 10-day personal retreat with St. Louis de Montfort's True Devotion to Mary. This book explains the basic teachings of this great Marian saint and writer and helps us to understand what he's trying to teach and to know the person of Mary better. Before you consecrate yourself to Jesus through Mary with St. Louis de Montfort's method, Learn his theology with this new book. You can buy it at AveMariaPress.com. And when you do so, you'll save when you use the code BEHOLD at checkout. Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Several years ago, back when I was in the seminary, so we're dating this now probably eight, nine years ago, I met a religious community. I met a religious sister named Sister Faustina, and it was at the Institute on Religious Life, and I was going to their conference and just attending some of the talks. And one of the things that always impressed me about the Institute on Religious Life was adoration, that they would have their banquet and then they'd have all night nocturnal adoration. So all of the religious would go and they would pray in the chapel uh, whenever they wished or whenever they signed up for a time. And I always remember that being a very grace-filled moment of prayer, one that always inspired me and lifted my spirits. And I love religious, and on this show I've had several religious and other women who were just about to enter cloistered religious life, and so it's nice to have an active sister, one who is out working in the world as well. And so Sister Faustina joins us today. She is a member of the religious community of the Sisters of Charity of Mary, Mother of the Church, and so I'm very excited for our conversation today. So welcome to How They Love Mary, Sister Faustina. Oh, thank you, Father. It's so good to be here today. Um, yes, that was quite a while ago that we met. Those times at the IRL were so beautiful. The adoration was always such a blessing and to bring so many together. And I just know our Lord and our Blessed Mother must have been so pleased with and that time. Back in the day, you used to be stationed in Janesville. I'm not sure if you're in Janesville anymore in Wisconsin, but maybe you're somewhere else. Where, where currently are you stationed, sister? I'm actually currently back at our mother house in Baltic, Connecticut. Holy Family Mother House in Baltic, Connecticut. Okay, well, wonderful. And, and I am looking forward to our conversation, and I always think it's very interesting. It's always a very beautiful story to hear how a young woman like yourself, how you found religious life and how you discovered that call. So in a nutshell, I guess, what is your vocation story? So I was not Catholic growing up. 
And I know some people forget that that not everyone was Catholic who become religious. So I was very, very blessed um, to have some very good friends who loved our Lord and loved Our Lady and were so alive with their faith that they wanted to share that with me and invited me to a youth group when I was in high school, just before my senior year. And through attending those events and just really opening my heart to the Holy Spirit's guidance, I was able to grow to know Mary and know our Lord so much more um, that throughout that year, I was able to learn more about the Catholic Church and eventually was able to be received into the Catholic faith. And from there, it began another two-year journey of really discovering who I was and whose I was before he led me to our sisters, and that um, just- whom I met through the IRL. Okay. And that discovery of who you are and whose you are, who's being God, Jesus, the Lord, did that occur during college? Did you go to college and then that's where you continued to deepen your faith? Did a Newman Center play an important role in that? Actually, I did not. Unfortunately, I was not able to afford college at the time. Um, I have a twin sister and so with both of us, Uh, It just wasn't quite possible. And so I really grew in my faith and that knowledge at my local parish. Um, I went to St. Margaret Mary's parish, and we had a chapel, a Sacred Heart Chapel, that had a tiny statue of our Blessed Mother. I claimed to find out that it was Our Lady of Fatima. I didn't know at the time. But then we also had a very beautiful image of Our Lady outside. It was on glass. Um, It was a white image of Our Lady with the 12 stars, and it lit up at night. And I know many, many times I'd find myself before Our Lady praying. um, I didn't know a lot about her yet, but I just kept feeling drawn back to her when I'd pray. And I'd pray to our Lord, but I'd, I'd sit there at her feet. And... So much so that someone came outside one time and said, do you have a devotion to our, our, to Mary? And I said, yes. And I had no idea what they just asked me. I just knew the answer was yes, but I had no clue what I was saying. Well, by um, the very fact but, that you were there, sitting there on a bench or whatever, that's, you know, that is a devotion. Our devotion to Mary can be something so simple as just sitting at her feet, looking at her statue, sharing our concerns and worries with her. Absolutely. And that's what I came to find out once I understood what the word devotion actually meant. <laughs> but it was, I, was, I was truly, truly blessed with the people around me and just the, the guidance that was there um, to be able to continue to grow and that love and nurturing. It, um, you, yeah, mentioned, was, you mentioned having a twin sister. And so that, you know, this is the interplay of family. So here you are, you grew up in a Protestant household or or, uh, not a Catholic household, but you're going to the Catholic church, went to the Catholic youth group. How did your family feel about this? And have they since converted to the Catholic faith, given now that you're in religion as a sister? So my stepfather, I think, had the hardest time with it because his father is a Lutheran pastor, or was he? He's passed away since. 
Um, and so he had a very hard time when I initially joined the Catholic Church. Um, but I came to find out years later, it was more because he thought I was kind of going along with what my friends were doing rather than making a decision on my own. Um, since then, we've talked, and all of my family have been very, very supportive um, of being Catholic, but even more so of becoming religious, um, changing, you know, becoming Catholic. I truly believe that's what God was calling me to do. Even though I continue to grow and to learn more about our faith, we all do every day. At the time, I, I knew I needed to do that. My family couldn't quite understand it fully, but they were there for the most part. Um, but becoming a sister, they all accepted. Um, because I, I think they could understand that it was giving my life in service to God. Even though they may not have fully agreed with me becoming Catholic, they didn't stand in my way, so to speak, of serving him. So you discover the Catholic faith, you convert to the Catholic faith, you go through this process of finding out who you are, whose you are, and how is it then that you came to arrive at this idea of religious life? Well, actually, the first time I truly felt called to become Catholic uh, was during a Mass I was attending and it was at the same time I, I felt called to be a sister. Uh, I didn't understand it at the time. Um, I didn't know any religious. I had never heard anything about religious life, really, outside of what you saw in the movies, which didn't really tell you anything. Um, but it was there. And the Holy Spirit kept bringing that back to me in little ways. Um, throughout the years, people making small comments. Um, about maybe being a nun or um, these different service things. But then eventually, I just really, the more I prayed about it and the more things around me kept changing, and I said, okay, Lord, you know, I'll, I'll look into whatever this is. It just kept sitting there in my heart. Um, and actually, a flyer had gone out about the Institute on Religious Life, the day for youth at the national meeting. And I was given that flyer by the youth minister, who was told it was a very good event for anyone who was discerning religious life. And that's where it kind of just took off. <laughs> so you are an IRL success story that you came to learn about them, you joined a religious community, you met there then, and you've been back as a religious sister. That must make them, uh, you know, I, I know that we have a mutual friend in Mike Wick, who used to be the former director of the IRL, but I, I'm sure that they just kind of glow when they hear the success that, that what they do, what they labor for, actually yielded something for the church, that it gave this great fruit of a vocation, of a life of prayer and service uh, to church and to others. Yes, it's been such a blessing to build that relationship with them over the years. And even more so, at one point, I was able to help bring different groups of young people to the IRL, having been so close, being in Janesville. And one of the young women that joined us on one of those events has since joined our community and made her final profession as well. 
Wow, a- another little beautiful story there that you're able to share. And now, I, so you go to the IRL, you encounter lots of different religious, there are lots of different communities out there. And I think sometimes, especially if you're not in the Catholic world, if you're kind of just on the, you know, you're the casual Catholic that goes to mass and you love God and you try to pray and want to go to heaven, that you might not be aware of all the different religious communities out there and how many nuns there are and religious sisters that are serving the church. So how did you go about then identifying the community that you wanted to possibly spend the rest of your life uh, living in and serving the Lord? So the first day I met them at the IRL, I I didn't narrow it down. I went to every single vocation booth that was available and left with about 50 different brochures in my hands that day. Um, I met everyone, absolutely everyone, so much so I didn't remember meeting our sisters that day, um, to be completely honest, but I took all of those home and I had a dear friend in the youth minister, um, and I sat down, I was with her that day and I prayed to the Holy Spirit, I Thankfully, I had grown um, through the people around me to truly trust in the Holy Spirit's guidance. And I said a prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to guide me through those brochures, because I truly had about 50 of them. (laughs) um, And as I went through them, I didn't just look at them saying, what is it that I want to do? You know, do I want to teach or do I want to do nursing or do I want to, you know, whatever it was. I looked at it and said, Lord, please, please guide me through this. Holy Spirit, show me what it is I need to see. You know, if I'm supposed to contact someone, show me, somehow show me. Um, And as I prayerfully went through those pamphlets, I I kept picking up the one on our community, and I couldn't tell you why at the time I kept picking it up, but I'd look at it, and something just kind of kept tugging at my heart. And so I sat it aside and continued going through some more, and then I'd pick it up again, and I'd put it down and pick up, you know, go through a few more. And finally, I picked it up again, and I looked at my friend, and I said, you know, I think I'm going to call them. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, I think I think I am. <laughs> she said, okay. And so she handed me the phone and said, then call. <laughs> so, um, the grace of the Holy Spirit and the beautiful gift of friendship and her knowing me probably better than myself and handing me the phone. <laughs> so I actually did something about it. Um, the Lord uses always in all people. <laughs> Um, so I was able to make that phone call to actually the home in Janesville because it was the closest location that was listed on the brochure that I had. And from that phone call, set up a visit. The IRLs the weekend after Easter, I set up a visit with them for the last weekend in June to visit in Janesville. Okay. And from there, I visited our sisters and one of the sisters just kept saying, you have to promise me you'll go to Baltic. You have to promise me you'll go to Baltic to our mother house here. 
And finally, at one point, I said, okay, I promise, I'll, I'll go to Baltic. And I made the promise. So at the end of July, I was able to come to Baltic that same year. And it, I just felt at home. There was a certain sense of peace when I came here to the mother house. There was so much joy and simplicity in that joy amongst the sisters um, that it, it, it was just, it was just right. I knew that I had found the home the Lord was calling me to here on earth. Um, we're all called to be home with him in heaven eventually, but he, he has more for us here first. And while I was here that week, it was actually only a few days it turned out to be, but I just knew that there was a certain peace here that, that said, this, this is where I need you to be. Um, I, unfortunately, am not one to say, okay, you know, I either go really fast or I go really slow. And so I told myself, you know, I'll, I'll go home. And on Monday, if I still feel this way, I'll say something. But the Lord knows me better than I do myself. Um, and like my friend who handed me the phone and said, call, the Lord said, well, you're flying standby. So I don't think you need to get on this plane to go home because you need to let them know that you want to come back. And I went to the airport, and unlike every other time I've flown where you can always get a flight somewhere, even if you're on standby, I could not get a flight out that day. Um, and in my heart, I knew, I knew with every ounce of my being, it was because I needed to tell them that the Lord was telling me in my heart that I, I needed to be here. And so for you, one of the things as you sense this call and become aware of it, want to join them, go back and tell them this, is that from earlier, I, I'm just making kind of a jump, a, a leap in my, my thought, but you didn't go to college, which means you are right out of high school, so you didn't accrue debt or anything like that which then probably gave you a greater freedom to be able to say, I can join this religious community. It w is that right? Yes and no. I actually did have some debt myself because I had been out of high school for a couple of years and living on my own. Um, so I, I did have some things I had to still take care of. But telling the sisters that I wanted to enter, having the debt didn't stop me from doing that. Because... Being able to know what God is calling us to and being able to act on that, even if we have debt, that shouldn't stop us from, from starting that process. If I had said, well, I have this and I have that and I have this, and so I have to wait till I have every last detail in order before I say anything, then I don't know when I would have ever entered because I had a handful of things that had to be addressed first. However, I knew in my heart that's what he was telling me I needed to do, so I told them. I wrote, I wrote a letter. <laughs> I wasn't too brave yet. It was all too new for me. <laughs> I wrote about a two-page letter, and about the last two lines I said, I would like to come back and enter the community. <laughs> and I left the letter for mother when I left the next morning to get to the flight. Um, so I, I wasn't very brave at the moment, but I was excited and knowing it was what God wanted, but didn't know how to go about it. 
Um, but I knew, I just knew that's what he wanted me to do. And so that's what I did. Now, once I realized that, I had to go home and try to figure out all the details. But by God's grace, he helped me walk through those details. So I didn't have a huge debt, like college debt, but I did have some. But by working with some of the people around me, by working, just plain working, (laughs) before I entered, um, and thankfully, some things were able to fall into place that it was able to be covered. And so things worked themselves out, so much so that I was here at the end of July. I entered September 8th that same year. Oh, wow. So very, very yeah. quick, you were able to get all your affairs in order and and uh, you went off and you joined this community. And, and you've been there how many years now? How many years are you a sister? I entered in 2001, so it's been just over 20 years. Wow. And, and did the sister send you <laughs> off to college then? You took classes or uh, how did that I work? I did. I did. I actually... About a year after I entered uh, the summer, uh, the next summer, I took a couple of classes. Um, but our canonical year as a novice, that first year as a novice, you, excuse me, are in-house. Um, so you don't take classes. But then after that, I did begin classes again. So eventually um, I got my associates. And then I worked in the Apostolates for a little while. And a uh, after that, about five or so years later, I went back and finished my degree and got my bachelor's in healthcare management and um, got a few different certifications and things that I did and was able to assist wherever he asked me to be. Now, you joined this religious community, the Sisters of Charity of Mary, Mother of the Church. And tell tell me a little bit about who they are who founded them? How long have they existed? Just uh, introduce us a little bit to your religious community. Absolutely. So the Sisters of Charity of Our Lady Mother of the Church were originally founded in 1832 by Bishop John Swigen in Holland, but under the title of Sisters of Charity of Our Lady Mother of Mercy and um, under the patronage of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Um, Our Blessed Mother has always been right there with us. So for many years, Bishop Zweizen founded us originally just to help the poor children in his parish. It wasn't meant to go any further than that. It was simply to teach, you know, reading and writing, sewing, knitting, just the very basic. He just saw that there was a need, and that's what he wanted to do. So um, he had a house for 13 sisters, and that was that was going to be it. Um, but the Holy Spirit and had other plans and guided it elsewhere, and it grew eventually tremendously. Bishop um, Fleisen was known to say, the finger of God is here. Because even though he had other plans and it was working another way, that it was not going to expand, eventually it had to. Um, and so the, the finger of God is here. You know, the Holy Spirit is guiding this. And so it's meant to continue to grow. Um, but in 1970, 
it was truly felt that in order for us to maintain the light that Mons- Bishop Sargon had asked of us, you know, to be faithful to all the testimony that he left for us to be living in community and to maintain a habit and to have the teaching and the nursing as our primary apostolate uh, that we needed to request of the Holy See to separate. Um, and that was granted in 1970. So that is when we became an autonomous congregation as Sisters of Charity of Our Lady, Mother of the Church. And that's a beautiful mm-hmm. title of Our Lady, uh, Mother of the Church. Uh, Paul the Sixth really uh, used that uh, and defined it uh, and called for it as a, a title of the Blessed Mother. And and there's that beautiful icon in Rome that that depicts Our Lady as Mother of the Church. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that is how we did receive that. It was recent, one of the newest titles of Our Lady, and we're so blessed. You know, our title is so similar to our original title, and and when we did separate, it wasn't that we wanted to separate, but that we wanted to be faithful in all ways. Um, And so that is where we are today, and yet we're still very close to our sisters um, in the original congregation. Um, But we maintain who we are today with our charism of serving God with that spirit of heartfelt simplicity, you know, carrying our, our Blessed Mother with us and all that we do, and that love and devotion, her confidence and trust in our Lord, um, we take that with us as we continue to serve, as I mentioned, primarily in teaching and nursing being our two main apostolates. But we do have a fourth vow to devote ourselves to the works of charity. And so we are able to perform any act of charity the bishop asks asks of us, so long as we have the sisters and the means to do so. Um, So we have a food pantry that we run actually from our mother house. We have a homeless shelter. We have one sister that runs a Hispanic ministry in the diocese. We have a sister who focuses kind of on a greeting card apostolate. She also writes to prisoners um, who write to us. Um, so there's there's a lot of outreach that's there. Even our development ministry, our development office, as we begin to reach out, seeking support, but also in hopes to help evangelize, has become a ministry within itself and prayerful support of others. Um, it's, it's truly beautiful just to see how our Lord um, continues to guide each of these moments. What advice would you give to a young person today who says, I'm thinking about religious life, I want to be a sister? What encouragement would you give them in their discernment? I would say, first and foremost, pray. You know, let your heart be open to whatever the Holy Spirit guides you to. Um, don't put limits on what you think it should be, allow allow the Holy Spirit to guide you to what that needs to be. Um, and don't be afraid. You know, our our Lord is there, our Blessed Mother is always there walking with you. It, it's a big change from today's society, 
and it can be very difficult sometimes to be able to step away and be quiet long enough to really hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you in your heart and to be able to make that leap of faith into whatever community he's calling you to. But there's a process in place once you once you make that leap of faith and you say yes to him. You know, it's not I say yes today and tomorrow I'm making final vows. <laughs> so there's about usually about an eight year process. And so be prayerful, be open, but don't be afraid to say yes. And really, Mary gives us this inspiration, especially because she said, let it be done to me according to your word, that really what she says is, God, I want what you want for my life. And so as a person discerns religious life, as they uh, contemplate that, they basically give their own little fiat. That's what you gave. You gave your fiat, and now it's led you over 20 years in religious life to do many different things that you probably never would have imagined God would be calling you to. Absolutely. Every day is another little fiat, another yes. Our motto in our congregation is to Jesus through Mary. You know, she she guides us ever closer to him each day. Uh, And so I just encourage everyone, whether he's calling you to religious life or to another vocation, always say yes. You know, allow allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Be with our Blessed Mother. She, she won't lead you astray. Well, Sister Faustina, this has been a lovely conversation today as we talked about your own religious vocation, how God called you, how you discovered this community, which has Mary's name in it. And so uh, I'm very grateful to connect with you today to have this conversation to share about your community because... Uh, like I said at the beginning, the Institute on Religious Life introduced me to some wonderful communities, and yours was one of them for sure. Thank you, Father. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show and for all the many ways that you support the podcast. If you want to help out the podcast, be sure to check out Sock Religious. I love their socks. I love their shirts. And so go over to Sock Religious, use the link in the show notes, and buy some holy socks or some holy shirts that you can wear to evangelize your family and your friends. If you also want to support the podcast, I invite you to please share the podcast with your friends or on your social media platforms. Rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't mind, please follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My handle is at FR Edward Looney. You'll see all of the posts, all of the content that I put out each week by following me there. Thanks so much again for listening today. Know that I am entrusting you to the heart of Mary, asking her to pray for you this day and every day. And if you don't mind, say a prayer for me too. Let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.